right, Buffalo Bills fans, welcome to another episode of Breaking Buffalo Rumblings. Anthony Marino, happy to be here with you once again, talking everything Buffalo Bills. What a busy week it has been at one Bills drive, certainly to to say the least. You know, I think we talk about everything, the lead up to free agency, the anticipation, where things might end up for the Bills. And now here we find ourselves less than a week in, at least at the time of this recording, and certainly has been a busy stretch for the Buffalo Bills. Um, you know, there's a, the confirmed signings which have taken place, right? Like all reported free agent signings have been made official by the Bills. This is coming. Uh, I've got the article here in front of me from our very own Matt Warren. Just kind of running through right as you go with everything. That includes Shaq Lawson, Markel Lee, Jordan Phillips, um, Daquan Jones, Tim Settle, Von Miller, O.J. Howard, Roger Saffold. That pretty much covers everything at the time of this recording. Of course, we don't need to get into things regarding J.D. McKissick. Um, That was certainly a hot-button conversation, to say the least. And uh, we know how Brandon Bean feels about that based on his press conference that he had with the media on Friday. Um, Certainly, if it's something that you have not seen yet, I would encourage you to go to buffalobills.com to check it out. I think Brandon Bean always does a great job of being very open and honest in talking about the moves that they've made. And uh, and certainly that J.D. McKissick deal that fell through was something that did not sit well with him at this time. Um, so much of this, right, when we talk about this pod and just kind of a, a bonus pod, right, for the, the weekend, kind of been fitting these in here and there just as, you know, you've got different thoughts, what the team is doing, what they might be doing in the future. And sometimes rather than just kind of running through and scribbling down some notes, it's just easier to jump on the podcast and spend a little time with you guys, talk about what some of those thoughts are. But really where my head has been at today is really around the upcoming 2022 NFL draft. Now, right, we we talk about mock drafts. You guys see I post the, the Buffalo Bills mock draft Monday each week on the website so you can see, you know, what are the experts around the country? What are they really saying and what do they think about the Bills? Um, Obviously, right, each and every week now there's going to be additional changes, additional signings. I don't even know if we consider this the first wave of free agency, right? If, if, If that's even fair to say, if we're still in that first wave of free agency, because there are certainly still some big names that are out there right, available in free agency. And I'm just pulling up the list right now. This comes from NFL.com's Greg Rosenthal. Um, Each year, he and the the late, great Chris Wessling would do the top 101 NFL free agents list, which I always appreciated and would kind of take a look at, you know, some of those names that are still still out there. I mean, Teron Armstead, the offensive tackle, um, still there. Teron Mathau, OBJ. Lyle Collins, Dwayne Brown, Stephon Gilmore, um, Jameis Winston, Bobby Wagner, right, who was released, Jadavion Clowney, Zadarius Smith reopening his free agency after it looked like he was signing with the Ravens, Calais Campbell, Melvin Ingram, Rob Gronkowski, who had been rumored to the Bills, obviously went with O.J. Howard instead, Jarvis Landry, another player out there potentially tied in with Buffalo, Um, Fletcher Cox being released by by the Eagles, although a chance that he might be returning. Jerry Hughes, of course, someone that, you know, near and dear to Bill's fans' hearts. I would be shocked if he returned to Buffalo with after the addition of Von Miller, the signing of Shaq Lawson. But, 
remains to be seen. My point is, right, I guess what I'm trying to say is I don't know if this is really just the first wave of free agency because there's a heck of a lot of players and a lot of talent that is still out there. And I don't mean it just from like depth signings. I mean, you're talking about some of the marquee names in in football, Leonard Fournette, Melvin Ingram, um, Jaron Curse, Dante Jackson. There, there are plenty of players still available in free agency. So I don't even want to say we're at the end of wave one. I think we might be in the middle of it, right? When you think things have just kind of been going for, for a couple of days here. But as things continue to change, right, so do those targets when you're looking at things as it relates to everything with um, with the NFL draft. I mean, if you talked to me a week ago, right, we were still talking about Jordan Davis. We were talking about different interior defensive linemen, maybe some, you know, some edge players, some edge rushers. At least I was right. Like looking at those as options for the team. Now you come through this part of free agency. It's like, okay, well. You know, I'm not saying that Shaq Lawson and Jordan Phillips are the answer, but certainly depth pieces that we know can play in the Bills system. Von Miller is marquee assigning is is you're going to get, you know, when you talk about, you know, what he can bring to the team. And as you start to look at the contract details that come out for Daquan Jones and Tim Settle, you know, these guys are going to be on the roster. They are going to be contributing. So now defensive tackle, what I thought was a primary need for the Bills, not so much anymore, right? Maybe you're making a, a day three pick or so to to look at the defensive line because most of the work that you've done has been in these early stages of free agency. So now when we talk about the draft, something that you know was seen as a, a need, as a top need for the team, doesn't really fit in that <laughs> in that bucket anymore, right? So here we find ourselves now looking at things and uh, and the tide has changed just a little bit. So, you know, here I'm going to go through a, a three-round mock draft with you, courtesy of the draftnetwork.com, just to see how things might change a little bit, right? Because before, as I said, defensive line, a primary need in my eyes. Now you've got the departure of Levi Wallace heading to the Pittsburgh Steelers. On a, again, as I said before, a deal I'm surprised the Bills did not match, but that's a, another conversation. Um, wide receiver still a need, right, with Cole Beasley being cut. Isaiah McKenzie's return is certainly a good thing. No word yet on Emmanuel Sanders, but I'm guessing he might be done or looking to sign elsewhere. Um, you know, and now you got to talk about the interior offensive line. Sure, bringing in Roger Saffold is great, but you make the cut of Daryl Williams. At the time of recording, Ryan Bates is taking various visits with the New England Patriots, the Chicago Bears, the Minnesota Vikings. You know, he's a restricted free agent. He was not tendered to any specific round, so if the Bills end up losing him, there's no compensation coming back. So that really leads to this pick at number 25, right? If I'm looking at things and saying, what are the top needs for the Bills? What is their board going to look like? It's cornerback, interior offensive line, and wide receiver. Now, as we come through firing up the mock draft machine, you take a look at things and you know see who are those best players available. Some of the quarterbacks are off the board in front of the Bills, which, of course, will be key if talent is going to drop to pick 25. At this specific scenario, Kenny Pickett is still available. Um, so is Desmond Ritter, right? So two of the quarterbacks that could be gone before 25 come the end of April. But at this time, we're just kind of you know sticking with where things are, not making any trades. I could see the Bills being in a position to trade back from 25. Maybe a team like the Detroit Lions looks to to jump up a few spots to get the quarterback that they want. 
the Bills can still get a first-round pick, have that fifth-year option, and maybe pick up an additional day-two pick. But again, I'm just sticking with the board at this point. And let's talk about some of the options. So guys that are the top available players that I identify as a need right now, you've got Zion Johnson, the interior offensive lineman from Boston College, and Kenyon Green, the interior offensive lineman from Texas A&M. Um, I do like Johnson a lot. He's got that flexibility that, you know, he's he's played multiple positions. He can play center. He can play tackle. He can play guard. It looks like the best transition for him to the NFL will be at guard. We know our good friend Joe Marino from the Draft Network and Locked On Bills is certainly high on Johnson. So someone worth considering. When you talk about wide receiver, certainly options there as well. A deep class for wide receiver. Three guys that are available, at least on the board right now, Traylon Burks from Arkansas. A little bit of an underwhelming uh, performance at his pro day in the combine, but still, again, rated at number 25, courtesy of the Draft Network. Chris Olave from Ohio State at number 31. And Jahan Dotson from Penn State at number 32. Certainly three guys that can be an option, and you can look at that and think to yourself, like, okay, maybe one of these guys um, you know, would be a good fit at 25. Or do you look at the depth at the wide receiver position and say, listen, maybe we can wait until day two to address that. Cornerback, you know, cornerback is always going to be in demand, right? Guys going before the Bills pick. Trent McDuffie went at number 15 to the Eagles. Um, You also had Andrew Booth Jr. going at number 23 to the Arizona Cardinals. So again, two of those players you might have hoped would drop down to number 25. You see them in a lot of Mock drafts, not the case today. The top cornerback on the board, Kair Elam from Florida. Uh, Again, a guy that is tested well, brings decent size to the position. He is someone that is available at number 25, as is Kyler Gordon, the cornerback from Washington. Um, Kind of an interesting prospect. You see, you know, the draft experts a bit mixed on him and where he might fall in. A high riser, Tariq Woolen from UTSA. Um, has done great, at least as it relates to the combine. Um, he is quickly rising up draft boards. Right now rated at number 47. Might be a little bit of a stretch at pick number 25. So as we go through with all of this, I'm expecting the Bills to make some additional signings along the offensive line. But I think in that traditional one-year, $2 million type of signing that Brandon Bean has done in the past, right? We've seen him add guys like Brian Winters or Forrest Lamp, you know, guys to come in and compete, even Quentin Spain when he first came in. And as I look at all of these pieces, it's like, okay, that might be fine. But I don't know if someone coming in on a one-year, $2 million contract is really going to be the fit opposite of Roger Saffold, who basically is on a one-year deal with the Bills right now as well. So, Without further ado, against maybe my better judgment to bring in someone to play cornerback opposite of Tredavious White, I'm going to go with Zion Johnson, the interior offensive lineman from Boston College at pick 25. I just think, again, when we talk about protecting Josh Allen, when you look at some of the contracts on that offensive line, some of the big money paid to Deion Dawkins and Mitch Morris, you know, yeah, you can have Spencer Brown and Zion Johnson maybe on that right side on those rookie contracts for the next few years and be able to do things relatively affordable from that standpoint. Now, as we look at things in the second round, you know, some players that really pop at areas of need. Number 56 on the board, Roger McCreary, the cornerback from Auburn, is there. Certainly someone 
that stands out at this time. You've got John Mechie the third from Alabama, the wide receiver, listed at number 65. Certainly someone you might want to consider coming off an injury, though, so some questions that would be in place there. Um, some good linebacker depth, right, when you talk about Darian Beavers from Cincinnati, um, Leo Chanel from Wisconsin. I don't know if I'm going linebacker with a, a second-round pick. If you want to go wide receiver, Calvin Austin the third from Memphis also there. Might be a little bit of a reach, a guy that can also help you in the return game, so something worth considering there. I've got to be honest with you guys. Once I saw McCreary on the board, he has to be the pick in the second round. And it's interesting because this is a guy that early on was seen as a first-round pick. His size is kind of working against him. I mean, granted, he's only five foot eleven. I think when they did his measurables at the combine, like his arms were, I don't know, like 30 inches long or something like that. They, you know, something that was a little bit glaring that seemed to be this this ding against him that that really kind of knocked down his his draft status. And, you know, when you talk about when you talk to the experts and you talk about the the work that he can do, his football IQ, just the, you know, the experts that watch the tape. It's like, don't just look at his arm length. Look at the player himself and what he can do. So I'm going to take Roger McCreary here with the second round pick. I like this again, that second, you know, need being filled by the Bills. I know we talk about best player available, but you're talking best player available at positions of need. So I'm going to take McCreary with the second round pick. I think that works well for the Bills. Things to today, right? Those two biggest needs, interior offensive line and the cornerback position. So we've got one more pick coming up in the third round. Again, I think kind of glaring needs have been addressed, although you could still say, hey, you need additional depth at cornerback. You haven't really done anything at wide receiver yet. And of course, along the interior offensive line, what can you really do there? As I go to the board now, I don't love the way things look. You've got a lot of linebackers and tight ends here on the list, and, and I'm just going to scroll down just a little bit because I'm not exactly loving what I see here at this time as it relates to to everyone that is still still on the board. You know, we can talk about running back just a bit, again, getting burned by J.D. McKissick, but I don't think drafting another running back in the third round makes the most sense for the Bills at this time. I think with so much of it, it's just like, listen, there's an opportunity to maybe get somebody on day three if you would look to do that. I think that can certainly be a fit and something that would stand out. Um, this might not be the most popular pick amongst Bills fans, but I'm going to go with it. I'm going to take Cole Strange, another interior offensive lineman from Chattanooga. Um, again, right? It's not like I'm watching a lot of Chattanooga football during the year, but our man Joe Marino did the scouting report on him, and you talk about a, a wealth of experience right, starting 44 games during his time as Chatt and Chattanooga, brings a high IQ, plays with like kind of a nasty edge to him. And you talk about guys on the interior offensive line, as I mentioned before, right now you've got Cody Ford, maybe Ryan Bates if he comes back, and Roger Saffold to bring in Zion Johnson, who's got some flexibility to bring in Cole Strange. Um, again, you can have guys that can be starting offensive linemen for you heading into the 2023 season. This is going to be it for Roger Saffold, right? Your starting guards could end up being Strange and Johnson in addition to Spencer Brown at right tackle, right? So you could have three guys on rookie contracts that give you some flexibility 
in addition to those, you know, those larger contracts that you have for Mitch Morris and what you have for Deion Dawkins. And again, once Josh Allen's monster contract kicks in, you're going to need some of that flexibility to say the least. So I'm going to go with Cole Strange with the third round pick. I know those of you that are, you know, team offense, add the weapons as best as you can. That might not be the the pick that you were hoping to see. Um, you know, for myself, I think it's one of those for where things sit today will be interesting to see what the Bills end up doing. So that is just a quick three-round mock draft running it through with you guys. I know you always kind of get a kick out of these, and I'm always curious to get your takes as well. So again, the three selections at number 25, Zion Johnson, the interior offensive lineman from Boston College. Second round pick, Roger McCreary, the cornerback from Auburn. And in the third round at pick 89, Cole Strange, another interior offensive lineman from Chattanooga. So listen, that's going to wrap things up for today. Uh, like I said, just wanted to jump on with you guys, spend a little time, talk some mock draft. Again, free agency, not even close to being done yet. I'll be curious to see what additional moves the Buffalo Bills make and what really, you know, what really happens from here on out as it relates to Brandon Bean and addressing some of these positions. So Listen, let me get out of here. I've been rambling long enough. I appreciate you guys tuning in. Thanks for listening. And as always, go Bills.